to Walk and Chew Gum, where we analyze the worldviews of some of the biggest things in pop culture. My name is Chike. My name is James. Happy Easter, everybody. Yes. This episode is dropping on Easter Sunday. Dude, thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't playing, but it, it was kind of planned. Kinda <laughs> it's, just, it's just how yeah. we started all this up. We're actually recording this day before. But anyway, happy Easter to everybody. I'm sure you're all at church worshiping Jesus. Or you're in knee deep in an Easter egg hunt with the kids right now, or you're just taking a nap because Easter is a long day, especially for the Christians. Oh, it's yeah. a big day. Big day. It's, Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl Sunday yes. for every church <laughs> in the world, basically. But it, it is a good time to celebrate because Jesus has risen from the grave. It's the day that we get to celebrate our risen Savior, Jesus. Something that we need to remind ourselves is that we do not praise someone who is dead we do not pray someone who doesn't exist mm-hmm. the resurrection was a real and historical fact about jesus who lived a life that we could not and died the death that we should have was mm-hmm. raised again three days later and yep. now lives high king forever king of kings lord of lords that is jesus and that is that that is the god and the jesus that we worship today and every single day and so we're going to talk about that obviously because that's what we do but we wanted to kind of break down the worldview of Easter and all the things that you may have heard about Easter from the Christian origin to also the pagan quote unquote origins. Quote unquote. I think, I think James used the term theories. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to start off by talking about some of the worldviews of Easter. Some of the things that you heard talk about, obviously the Christian worldview of Easter and how essential this day is to our faith. It, mm-hmm. in fact, it is the most essential part of our faith. Without it, our faith does not exist. And then maybe answer a couple of fun questions just to kind of have you think about, you know, how you celebrate this day if you're already celebrating it. But also some things to think about for just going forward for even the next Easter. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it, shall we, James? Oh, yeah. Let's Let's talk about the pagan theories (laughs) or origins of Easter. All right. So I've never researched Easter to this extent until this Neither specific I. project. I mean, I've heard of all the different origin stories, theories, as I like to call them. <laughs> um, but, you know, I got to really unpack it this time. So we'll start with the, I think, ones that I've I've heard in the past. And it is, I, I guess, is the oldest um, goddess uh, that some people believe Easter originated yeah. from mm-hmm. is Ishtar. So Ishtar was a ancient Mesopotamian goddess of war, fertility, and sex. So basically, you can just think of it as um, Athena and Aphrodite's put together. Um, she is featured in the Epic of Gilgamesh, um, and she was a part of the Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. Um, Animal sacrifices were done. Uh, temple prostitution was a part of the part of her worship, and lots of people have tried to make the connection between Ishtar and what we know today as Easter. Um, Easter was originally the celebration of Ishtar, I guess, the, the Babylonian, but her her symbols. Um, is kind of where it gets confusing because I think what we know today as Easter is bunnies and eggs right, and peeps. 
And oh <laughs> I was just talking to my wife about peeps and they're disgusting. <laughs> my wife likes peeps. Really? Yeah. She's weird. Is she? I don't, I've never had peeps. So they're I'll just, find out. They're just a bunch of sugar. Is it just marshmallows? marshmallows? It's just marshmallow sugar. Yeah, but I just, think they taste like cardboard, but that's besides ah, the point. Okay. Well, basically, that idea falls apart simply because of her symbol. So right. if you were to like really dive into Ishtar, um, one, there's really no connection that she was celebrated in such a way. But so in, in many ways, it's just pure speculation that this was it. But specifically about the eggs and the rabbits is that Ishtar, her symbol was the lion. Right. And it was very, that's very different from the bunnies and the eggs that we know as of today. Yeah. So, well, not just the lion. I was, I was looking up something oh. earlier that I found. I was in my research, not just the lion, the morning star and the eight or 16 pointed stars, symbols of power. Mm. So as we'll get into with the other goddesses of Easter or just Easter in general, Easter in the pagan sense is more of a reflection of a resurrection, springtime, mm-hmm. fertility, life and newness. Yeah. So even bringing Ishtar into that, who is more representative of what power is, mm-hmm. which is what lion is, makes no sense to connect that to Easter. Yeah. Yeah. So Ishtar, there's, there was lots of memes going around about this. Yeah. I remember like maybe 10 years ago where people were trying to make the connection of Ishtar and Easter and saying, if you're a Christian, you should not be worshiping a pagan goddess. Uh, but I don't think that holds water. Yeah. So it's maybe it's because they sound the same. You think that's the case? I think one is because every ancient God or goddess had some type of celebration attached to it. And I think it also, and almost all throughout history, you read about all these gods and goddesses about specifically goddesses of fertility and sex. Right. So you, it's such a big component of just human anthropology, human anthropology that Mm -hmm. it's, it it makes it makes the connection and connecting patterns very simple to do, and I think one of them has to probably do with Ishtar and Easter yeah. being similar. Right. It's just it's that con- in some ways it's the conspiracy brain, like I like <laughs> to call people like call attention to is like lots of people when they see any type of pattern and they recognize it, they all of a sudden want to say it's the cause and effects, and not like causation and correlation thing it's oh, like yeah. just because there's correlation does not mean there's causation but right. when you are a conspiracy theorist deep inside any type of pattern you see you're gonna say that's it and our brains were are built to recognize patterns right i mean you've seen all those little art art um samples that they give have you ever done the thing where it's like not just art samples but it's like they give you a piece of paper and all the letters are scrambled in the word but you can read it straight oh. through have you ever done that exercise before i don't think i have so it's like basically like you know it's just like i mean i've done a word find before yeah but it's like <laughs> if, just if, if you were to just take lyrics from a song and all you do is take each word yeah and just scramble the letters within that word uh-huh you can actually read the whole song because your brain looks oh. at the first letter and the last letter do you have to know the song or at I, least have some passing familiarity with the song i don't think so because when i was handed um, a document. It had nothing to do with a song. It was just actually just like a, almost just a report. Oh, really? Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I guess yeah. it's because we, yeah, our brain is just recognizing patterns. Yeah. And I mean, the alphabet, our yeah. pa- it's basically a series of patterns. Right. So in my mind, I call it the conspiracy theory brain. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So don't believe all the memes you see on Facebook, Instagram, all, the, all those things. As Abraham Lincoln said, everything on the internet is true. Lincoln did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> the internet. That just shows you how ridiculous our world is. Everyone believes that. It's like that meme of uh, you can do it, Harry uh, Dumbledore, but it's a picture of Patrick Stewart. Oh, no, I have not seen that. <laughs> oh, I'll show you later. All right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that's Ishtar. But actually moving on to another goddess of fertility that's more closely related to Easter, we have the Germanic pagan goddess of Ostera. Sorry for all of our German listeners. If you listen from Germany or if you have any German heritage, we're going to butcher these names, especially when we get to the next one. But uh, Ostera, she is the Germanic goddess of fertility, celebrated the spring to mark the equinox. Um, Her symbols included eggs and rabbits. So that more connected to Easter, not unlike uh, Ishtara. It's derived from the old high German word meaning Osterun, which means to shine associated with the vernal equinox and the return of spring. And uh, according to some sources, Ostera was also associated with the dawn and the rising sun. Mm -hmm. And she sometimes was depicted with a bird or a rooster. And then in Germanic mythology, she was a goddess of fertility and renewal. And her festival marked the beginning of the agricultural year and the return of life to the earth. Mm -hmm. So a lot of naturalism, a lot of symbolism with terms of life and giving and springtime and just newness of of just life on the earth in rabbits and eggs nice <laughs> fit into all of that so yeah that is the it's also loosely associated with the goddess freya so the norse norse goddess of mythology was also the norse goddess of love fertility and war so mm. kind of going back to the aphrodite meets athena combo yeah. so you have that everybody well. wanted that everybody wanted that i mean if you like Every every culture has some sort of mythology that is derived from something, and I mean, obviously, right. they're all derived from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to be, if we want to be for real, yes. Like Hercules is based off Samson, yeah. But we uh, won't get in, we won't get into that yeah, today, yeah. But in <laughs> in any in any case, yeah, that is the the goddess Ostera, who yeah. is um the goddess of Easter in yes. the Germanic fame, which. Yeah. Moving on to, if you want to get into the Anglo-Saxon, well, no, this goddess. is the. I think this is the one that I did. I, I did the research on too. Was like this is where Jacob Grimm. Oh yeah, the, yeah, this is yeah. the one with right. the, one of the Grimm brothers. So he, they're the ones that wrote Hansel and Gretel, Snow White, Rapunzel, Rumpelstiltskin. Also, just they're called. I think they're called the Brothers Grimm. How oh. in colloquial terms? Okay, Brothers Grimm. English. <laughs> so they, you know, uh, Jacob Grimm, one of the brothers, researched the origins of the German name for Easter, Ostern. Yeah. Or that butchered that, which, <laughs> like you said, um, and 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 like we ta- we said, it's it's based on the word East, which is right. Ost. Um, and he tried to find a solid link between Easter, as we know today. And the pagan celebrations. Yeah, and and he had to make the he had to make the assumptions that Ostera was probably the name of a German goddess, but again, that is 
conjecture and supposition, um, and there's no mention of such goddess in any writings, <laughs> which is actually really interesting because it's like what I've realized with all of these is lots of speculation, but there is no documents, like historical documents or shrines or I don't know, just yeah, a lot Alters. of a lot of conjecture. Yeah. So every oh. like I said, every culture has their gods and goddesses yeah. of a specific type of thing right. that exists. Like the most notable examples, uh, the Greeks yep. had a god for literally everything. Yeah. Yeah, the god of rain. You had, you had a god of water. You had Zeus. You had Poseidon. You mm-hmm. had Hades. You had Aphrodite, Athena. You know, all of Apollo. the god Apollo. Yeah. So yep. every god was associated with the thing. So. Yep. Yeah, every other culture did that as well. Yeah. Where, yes, what is, we thank this particular God for this. And so we'll just attribute this God to the springtime. Yeah. It's like you attribute a God to a particular season. So we're just celebrating a God for a season. So mm-hmm. without any like actual proof yep. as to why we do that, it's just things that get passed down throughout history. Yeah. And then they turn into beliefs. Mm hmm. And and with just saying that, that takes us to our, I guess, final contender of the origin story. Basically the same one, but Anglo-Saxon <laughs> and butchering this name again, Os, E-O-S, E-O-S-T-R-E. Ostre. <laughs> yeah, Ostre. Ah, there Let's that's just it. say it that way. Yeah. Yep. So what's interesting about this particular goddess is that she transformed a bird into a hare part of the legend transformed a bird into a hare which then laid eggs so that's is where it's where we get our rabbits and eggs because one time nice. a bird was transformed into an egg or transformed a bird was transformed into a bunny so um yeah it's the it that's this is where probably most people will get the pagan origins of easter because it's very much associated with the modern English term of Easter because Mm -hmm. they're very so closely related to each other. Mm -hmm. But again, same idea as austere associated with springtime, fertility, life, eggs, bunnies. Um, I think we talked about this earlier, according to the venerable bead, a Christian monk and historian who lived in the seventh and eighth centuries, the month of April was known as, uh, Oster month in old English, which was believed was named after the same goddess. However, there is limited historical evidence to support this claim, and some scholars believe that the bead may have been mistaken or that he was describing a regional variation of the holiday. So mm. going back to what you're talking about with the Brothers Grimm. So conjecture at best yeah. with this kind of thing. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, some other pagan things. In fact, when I was look, I was actually looking some of this up for the entirety of the world. In fact, there's not a whole lot that the East celebrates. Like Easter is actually more of a Western tradition. Yeah. Like, like, if, like no one in China or the far Eastern nations really celebrate Easter. The only thing they really celebrate is springtime and resurrection and new life. Yeah. So, and then they believe in the cycle of reincarnation. So yeah. resurrection, rebirth and all that. That's, that is a genuine, generally widely accepted you know thing that we celebrate amongst all cultures but there's no easter 
that the Eastern cultures celebrate. So Easter is primarily a Western idea. Yeah. So how, what, what is, what is the story behind why it is a Western idea? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think you and I talked about this before the show. It's just, you know, there's also the legend of the Easter bunny um, appears to have been brought to the United States by German settlers. Right. Yeah. So it's like they could have taken what they in some way celebrated again, conjecture and all of that brought it to the United States and the tradition lives on. So then it's the Easter bunny. Basically the Easter bunny migrated to America (laughs) in the 1700s. Um, and turned settled, back, turned back into a bird, and right? Then landed, <laughs> yeah, as a bunny, or in the yeah, States. just came across <laughs> a, on a boat, yeah, or that, yeah, and uh, yeah, made it, you know, past the Titanic and came over, and <laughs> there, the <laughs> and then landed in Pennsylvania, and for two hundred years, we have commercialized this little guy, yeah, yeah. The power and the force behind Hallmark and Walmart. Because there's one thing about America is that yeah. we find something. Oh yeah, we'll turn we'll turn a profit. On oh yeah, capitalism. We'll, we'll, ca- <laughs> we'll do it. We'll find a thing and we'll we'll find out how to make money off of it. Yeah. So in many ways, I mean, just specifically the way that we've commercialized it, it might as well just be a pagan holiday, in in that sense. Yeah. Because our, the focus of it is so much on Easter eggs, Easter candy. Easter Bunny, like the Reese's chocolate, they are really cup. good. Though. though they are good, and though, it's it's some, and, and they're bigger too. They're bigger, yeah. and the the portion yeah. is good, and the ratio is you see, good. You see how they trap us? Yeah, that's like, how they did they, it. They, that's how they they trap made us. it they, all. Yep, they did the, it. It's re, it's really about the candy, <laughs> honestly. But we have candy at Halloween, so it's just another holiday in which we just eat candy. Yes, that's right. So a commercialized holiday in which we just eat a bunch of candy and food yep like thanksgiving yeah and for sure but i i I found out that other countries use different animals for easter oh really switzerland uses the cuckoo the cuckoo yeah really yeah i didn't know yeah they use the cuckoo as a uh their symbol so basically the legend again of the easter bunny or the easter hare (laughs) <laughs> is that he or she, don't know which one, brings baskets filled with colored eggs, candy, and sometimes toys to the homes of children on Easter Eve. Is this Christmas? So, <laughs> in many ways, um, it is like Santa Claus delivering presents on yeah. Christmas Eve. But the thing that the bunny did that was different was he would hide it. And he would put it in your garden. He'll put it somewhere in your house. And your job was to go look for it. Right. Whereas Santa Claus puts it under the tree. Yeah. So when we talk, when we talk about the Christian worldview of Easter, I want to, I want to remember, remember that point about hiding and then, Oh yeah. And fighting. Oh yeah. Because there is a, in all of these cultures, there is an element of hiding and then finding. Yeah. So we'll come back to that point here in just a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I I know where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's basically the Easter bunny's migration to America. <laughs> I had that, that, yeah, that's right. That's really funny. Yeah, so So he's a German immigrant. Yeah, if you're taking a look at 
all of the, these cultural worldviews of Easter in if you think about what we believe as Christians in comparison to how the rest of the world celebrates this, it seems kind of shallow. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, even, I mean, without the commercialism, like even just, just wanting to celebrate springtime and just newness of life is all great, but that's as about as far as you go. Like the most naturalistic version of it is just, you're just celebrating springtime. Yeah. But we'll, spread, we'll celebrating a new season. And I think uh, in the world we live in now, um, where we don't farm and where we don't ranch, right? Or we don't live in an agricultural society. I think springtime is less important to us. Oh, agreed. Yeah, I don't so, even know when the first day of spring is. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, that's why that's the only that's one of the many reasons why I think it's so commercialized right. because. If you are a farmer, you are waiting for springtime to come. Right. You're aware of the harvest yeah. that is to come. Yeah. And you, you want to make sure that you are putting your seeds down, you are working, making and praying to God, or I guess many of these goddesses, Ostera or Ishtar. Ishtar or whoever, to not flood your land. Because if you flood it, then all your seeds are gone. And then now it's like you got to start all over. So there is a component of them keeping up with the calendar and keeping up with springtime. But right. first world problems, we don't have to do all the agricultural work behind it. Yeah. And then here trying you are. To pl- trying to plant, trying to have plants right now. We're doing a terrible job at it. You I'm don't have a green thumb? No, not at all. <laughs> plants don't tell you when they're hungry. Yeah. My wife has a very green thumb. That Good for y'all. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So in comparison... Let's jump to the Christian worldview of Easter, Resurrection Day. We'll talk about both. Spoiler alert, it's fine to say both. Yes. <laughs> it's fine it to is. say both. But anyway, let's let's talk let's go through that. But uh James, take us through Passion Week. Oh man, Passion Week. This is so great. So in order for us as Christians to understand Easter, we have to understand Good Friday. In order for us to understand Good Friday, you have to understand Maundy Thursday. In order for us to understand that, you have to understand the <laughs> Passover. And then you have to go all the way back to creation and the fall of yeah. man. Uh-huh. So the Holy Week basically sets us up for all of that. So Holy Week is an eight-day celebration for the Christians, starting with the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ, coming through the Eastern Gate um, on Palm Sunday. And then it moves through Monday Tuesday and Wednesday, um, and then on to Maundy Thursday, which is the Passover, and that is when the Jewish people celebrate the uh, passing of the angel of death over um, Israel and Egypt during the plagues, and at that time, the if you put blood on the frames of your door, mm-hmm. then the angel of death will pass over your house. But for those that did not have the blood of the lamb on the doorpost or the frames of your house, then the angel will go and take the life of your firstborn son. So that is what Maundy Thursday is about. It's about celebrating how God, and that was the pivotal moment, right? In, in, in Egypt where the Israelites were under oppression, they were enslaved by the Egyptians. And that's what they celebrate is that God 
made that moment, the pivotal moment where Pharaoh said, go, get out of here. I am I'm tired of you guys. You're God. Just get out of Egypt. And they made out like a bandit crossed the Red Sea, was in the wilderness for 40 years, and then they get into the promised land. So that's Monday, Thursday. And then we have Good Friday, which as we talked about, it is when Jesus Christ is put on trial as an innocent man, he was declared guilty, and then he ends up on the cross and is crucified. And then that takes us to what we know today as Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday is when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ when the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. And now we as Christians and those that believe in him are found not only okay before God, but we are found righteous and just as long as we put our faith in Christ Jesus um, before a holy God. So that is Passion Week. And that is why it is a wonderful celebration. If you have not had the chance to study Passion Week, you should go back. There is the thing about Holy Week that I did not even know about is that the Holy Week is more than half of John's gospel. And it is a quarter of all the gospels put together. So it is a really big deal when it, when basically if the gospel writers are focusing that much time on what leads up to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I think we as Christians should definitely spend a lot of time in that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think Matthew does a good job of the gospel of Matthew does a great job because the gospel of Matthew was written primarily for a Jewish audience. Mm -hmm. So if you were a practicing Jew at the time, you knew exactly what was happening as Jesus was riding the donkey in the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday, having the Passover meal because Jesus himself was Jewish. And so the whole reason why people were in Jerusalem during that time was because of Passover. Mm -hmm. Like every year by law, everybody who was Jewish claimed to be Jewish had to take the pilgrimage Mm -hmm. to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Right. And because it falls around the spring equinox around the, the lunar calendar, which is why we get watch why Easter lands on different parts Different of the year of the year because yeah. of the lunar calendar. Mm-hmm. So it, it all lines up. But if you're paying attention as a Jewish person to what Jesus is doing, he is fulfilling every single thing that the old Testament has talked about. Mm-hmm. It's a great line in the song King of Kings where to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came a word. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is fulfilling every old Testament prophecy that has come to pass may mention of Zechariah nine. And so makes mentions of other various Old Testament prophets like Joel and Jeremiah and Isaiah. So Ezekiel and Ezekiel. So all the things that Jesus is quoting and claiming um, against the religious leaders at the time, Mm -hmm. he is fulfilling during this entire week. Right. So, yeah, it's a fantastic week to study. And it's it is so it's, it's so rich and it brings new life for me when I study the word, mm. when I look at the word and see that the Bible is consistent throughout all of time and history. And Jesus claimed what he like did, what he actually was claiming to do. Yeah. So, 
and it has cultural it has cultural implications on how you view Good Friday and how you view how you view Resurrection Sunday. Right. So like if you look at Good Friday, it is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And basically what that message tells you is that you are a sinner in need of a savior. Mm-hmm. That is what Good Friday is. But we live in a world with hyper individualism, with utopian uh, ideologies. I mean, we're talking I am not a sinner. I'm not born a sinner. Um, Marxism, eugenics. I mean, all these things are, is a utopian ideology that goes basically face to face with Good Friday. Right. Because Good Friday tells you you are a sinner. But all the world's ideology tells us you're okay. You're made you're made perfectly fine. Yeah. So And no. why and why do we even call it Good Friday? Yeah. To begin with. Yeah. I mean, we all have I mean, most of the time everybody gets off Good Friday. But mm-hmm. I think even as Christians sometimes we tend to kind of gloss over the fact that Good Friday is only good because Sunday happened. Right. But in again, yeah, then it takes you to Resurrection Sunday, which actually is about our hope in Christ. Right. That this world is not coming to an end. So then it takes you to the comes Resurrection Sunday comes in face to face with the dystopian ideologies, which is basically what we know today as Mad Max, <laughs> Walking Dead, climate change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got all these things that basically tell you that it is hopeless. <laughs> like we the world is ending and you got nothing going for you. Right. YOLO. That's basically what it's saying. So it's like you now have, you have to be able to hold Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday together. And and those come hand in hand. They They are part of the same coin. And, you know, you hear this a lot in Christian circles where they're saying like, it's all about the resurrection. Or it's all about the crucifixion. Hmm. But the reality is it's about both. It's about both. Because you have to understand both in order to understand the other. And then that goes back to you have to understand the life of Jesus, the birth of Jesus on Christmas, the life of Jesus all throughout the Bible, throughout the Gospels, and then the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. He's fulfilling all of it. I mean, the Bible literally points Everything points to this very moment, this yeah. holy week. And so it is this, a very, very important day for us. As, it is a watershed moment for us. It's a very, there's some key text here. A lot of key text, but there's a really good key text out of 1 Corinthians 15. Paul mm-hmm. does a great job of very much breaking down. This is the gospel message and gospel meaning good news. This is the good news that we bring. So starting 1 Corinthians verse 1, now I would remind you brothers of the gospel I preach to you, which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain, for I delivered it to you as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. A lot of references to the scriptures there. Mm-hmm. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to 12. So Cephas is Peter. Uh, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then all 
than to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. With whether then, whether whether then it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. And moving right along to verse 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Mm -hmm. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about that. He raised Christ whom he did not raise. If that is true, then the dead are not raised. If the dead are not raised, not even Christ is raised. And if Christ has not been raised your faith is futile and you are still in your sins mm. uh i guess i'll finish i'll finish this off this point yeah. then those uh verse 18 then those then those also who have fallen asleep in christ have perished if in christ and if christ if in christ we have hope in this life only we are of all people most to be pitied so paul is laying out that this is a crucial moment the re- he's laying out the gospel buried died buried rose again in three days and because we're talking about easter as resurrection sunday the importance of how real the resurrection must be to us mm. because without the resurrection of jesus we do not have a faith and he even says that we are to be most pitied so every christian who has ever lived and died if the resurrection is not true then we should be the most pitied of mm. all people yeah so I think this takes us back to how should we approach Easter? How should we approach Resurrection Sunday? And I think we as Christians really have an obligation to clearly explain the reason for the season. And we hear that all the time during Christmas, but we don't spend as much time talking about the reason for the season. Right. Um, and it does such a disservice to to Jesus because, like we said, it is the single most one single one of the most important days in all of human history and the universe. I mean, it the is. Whole, it is. If you were talking about culture breaking, yeah, the most culture breaking moment mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah. So if we don't explain this properly to our children, our friends, our family, our coworkers, or whoever, we are doing such a disservice to them. Um, and we need to we need to really do this well. I mean, we got to do this for the world. I mean, we as parents need to stop outsourcing education about what Easter means to other people to explain that for us. Lots of people don't know how to explain where Easter came from. I really did not know um, until we started all of this research to really dive into it. And I think we need to, we as Christians have an obligation to do a better job of that. This is a quote from, St. Augustine or Augustine. Yeah. Augustine. Augustine. St. Augustine. St. Augustine. And it comes from a book called On Christian Doctrine. Um, It's in chapter 40. And he basically, the title is, whatever has been rightly said by the heathen, we must appropriate to our uses. So regardless of what you believe about the origins of Easter, whether that's Ishtar, Oster, or Ostera, or whoever, the reality of it all is that it, we as Christians have an obligation to 
take it and claim it. So this is what it says. Moreover, if those who are called philosophers and especially the Platonists or Plato followers have said ought that is true and in harmony with our faith, the Christian faith, we are not only not to shrink from it, but to claim it for our own use for those who have and fled or who have unlawful possession of it. For as the Egyptian had not only the idols and heavy burdens, which the people of Israel hated and fled from, but also the vessels and ornaments of gold and silver and garments, which the same people when going out of Egypt appropriated to themselves, designing them for a better use, not doing this on their own authority, but by the command of God, the Egyptians themselves in their ignorance, providing them with the things which they themselves were not making a good use of because they were using it for the glory of God. In the same way, all branches of heathen learning have not, have not only false and superstitious fancies and heavy burdens of unnecessary toil, which is basically religion, which every one of us when going out under the leadership of Christ from the fellowship of the heathen ought to abhor and avoid, but they contain also liberal instruction, which is better adapted to the use of the truth and some most excellent precepts of morality and some truths in regards even to the worship of the one God are found among them. Basically all that to say when Israel was delivered, the Israelites were delivered from Egypt through the Passover and the plagues made their way across the Red Sea. The Egyptians handed them all the riches of the, they basically took all the national treasures of Egypt with them and they used it to build the tabernacle. Yeah. They've used it to, to walk into the promised land. Like this was their inheritance. They, like I said earlier, they made out like bandits. Um, and they I later be- turned some of that into a golden calf. Yeah. Like, that's neat. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> yes. They did not appropriate it properly. And we have this in our culture all the time. Christmas tree is not the Christmas tree is not a Christian. You don't find it anywhere in the Bible but we appropriated that for the celebration and, and, and the festivals of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So So. going back to what I talked about earlier in terms of when we do Easter egg hug, Easter egg hunts, yeah, we hide and then we go find. So that is almost a reflection of Passover, which is a reflection of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. So in Passover, um, I'm going to get this wrong for our Jewish scholars out there. So if you're listening, please don't come at me. (laughs) So this is part of Seder dinner. It's part of the Seder dinner. Mm -hmm. So the head of the table will break off a a piece of unleavened bread. Mm -hmm. And the biggest piece he will hide in a cloth. And then he'll hide it somewhere. And then the kids or the youngest child will go find that Mm -hmm. at the end of the dinner. Yes. And that is essentially the dessert. Yeah. Um, I forget the actual Jewish name of it, but that's the end of the meal. And that Mm -hmm. actually is the last thing that anyone will eat at the end of the dinner. And usually I think it's, it's on the third hour. It's on the third hour. Yeah. So again, parallels, patterns, all that. Yeah. So we do something similar, not as, you know, we don't wait for three hours or three days to go find eggs, but we do go hide various yeah. eggs for people to go find. Mm-hmm. So taking that all the way up to the resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. his body was broken for us. Yes. He was hidden in a tomb for three days mm-hmm. and then 
the body was nowhere to be found. And so yeah. people were looking for him and he appeared to everyone. To, yeah. To Mary and to yeah. all the other people. And, you know, our faith is based on the many resurrection appearances of Jesus Christ. Yes. It's definitely by the all the accounts that are made. The most notable of this is actually the first account. The first people who saw Jesus yes. were women. Yes. And if you are unfamiliar with the culture of that time, a woman's testimony was not found to be valid mm. at any point. So you could have a murderer who was on trial, and if the only eyewitness was a woman, that murderer would go scot-free because wow. her testimony was not seen as valid. Wow. So women... The account of women first encountering the risen Jesus being recorded in the Bible is a huge moment as well because Jesus is himself elevating the status of women as equal as men mm. in the eyes of that culture, saying yeah. that this is valid. This mm. is a reason why this exists. And then you have all of the many accounts like Paul yeah. laid out in First Corinthians 15 where he appeared to the 12, he appeared to 500 more, he appeared to me. So mm. there are actual, there's actual evidence yeah. of Jesus appearing to people. And there are many theories surrounded even people who don't even believe in Christianity that mm -hmm. we don't know what happened to the body. Mm -hmm. We know everyone agrees that Jesus was a real person. Everyone yes. agrees that Jesus lived a life and Jesus died. But we don't know what happened after he died. Yeah. Those are the prevailing theories and there are many theories on that. But as we know as Christians, we know that he was resurrected and he ascended into heaven. Yeah. But there isn't there is a at least a common ground about Jesus as a person and then Jesus dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. So parents, churches, um, remember that Easter is not about amusing our children. It exists to glorify the Son of God. So when when we get to Easter, celebrate, have fun. It is a joyous it day. Is. Um, very good day. An unjoyful Christian is an oxymoron. <laughs> There's true. no such thing. If joy is the very mark of a Christian. You can read that in John 15 um, when he talks about the vines. Like joy, we are tethered to joy. And like we said earlier, Good Friday tells us that you are not okay. But resurrection tells us, resurrection Sunday tells us, but it's okay. Which is why we should be the most joyful because yeah. we worship a savior that saved us from the pit of despair and sin, who was bruised and broken for our iniquity, but was raised to newness in life. And what a joyous moment that we get to celebrate, not just one day a year, but every single day because of the life that we have, the life that he has given us then we get to celebrate this risen savior, Jesus. But yes, it is a joyous day to celebrate. Yeah. Like James said, contextually speaking, we always need to remember the importance of what it is, but we also, you know, we can celebrate. It's okay to say Easter or resurrection Sunday. Yeah. And going back to your Augustine quote, that's it's okay. Yeah. So don't get caught up in the cultural narratives of you're saying Easter. You're actually just referencing a pagan God. No, it's okay. It's yeah. just explain it's it. Be yeah. clarify what you mean by that. Because we say Merry Christmas or Happy Holiday, but if you never tell the reason for the season, they're one and the same. Right. So, same thing with Easter egg hunts. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. So celebrate with the family. 
Have a good day. But remember the importance of the risen Jesus. And remember, this is this is the culmination of the Christian faith. And this is what we stand on. Um, and if you're if you're if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to if you want proof, because I think a lot of people ask for proof. It's like we don't have any proof. We want to know is did the resurrection actually happen? Yeah. I would challenge you to look up a guy named Jay Warner Wallace. Mm. So he was a, an atheist, um, but also a very well-known like cold case detective. Mm-hmm. So very well experienced in mm-hmm. solving cold cases. So cold cases for you, those of you don't know, basically cases that have long since been closed and you, because they were not able to be solved, but he was able to do that. And mm-hmm. obviously the resident, the death of Jesus is the most, one of the most cold cases of all time. <laughs> so he, his students, uh, once challenged him, uh, they were Christians to, Hey, why don't you do what you do? But for the resurrection of Jesus, yeah, he did the exact same thing, became mm-hmm. a Christian. Yeah. So, uh, cold case Christianity yeah. is, is a great read. Um, I need to actually read, read it, <laughs> read it. Uh, Lee Strobel's book, Lee Strobel's the case the ca- for the case, case for Christ, case for Christ. And he also had a follow up, which is the case for the real Jesus Christ. Yeah. So those are all great books. I mean, it, there's so much history behind this. Um, it is incredible. All the things that Jesus fulfills, the laws and the prophets, like Chike said earlier, all throughout the Bible, the Bible points to this moment. It really is one of the, it is like such a pivotal moment, watershed moment. I learned that word. That's why I keep using it um, <laughs> in human history. And uh, I mean, it's the day that split history. Yeah. And, and every human soul's eternal destiny hinges on this day. Agreed. So go celebrate. Have a wonderful day with your yeah. family and uh, don't get too legalistic with the bunny. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point to end off. <laughs> so yeah, appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to Walking Chew Gum. Hope you have a great Easter Resurrection Sunday, all that stuff. We'll be back for more fun stuff. We got some fun stuff coming out. Yeah. There's some movies that came out recently that we needed to go saw. Yes, we did. But we definitely wanted to take a moment to celebrate Jesus and our risen Savior, the most cultural moment of all time. We love this, and we appreciate you listening to us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Walk and Chew Pod, where I only post when we have an episode that's up. So <laughs> I don't know how relevant it is, but definitely follow us on Instagram if you want to know when an episode drops, or if you have any questions or comments for us, you can dm us there or you can send us an email at walk and at gmail.com be sure to check us out or if you know some person be sure to ask any questions or comments or any grievances you have with us but we appreciate you so much have a blessed easter we'll see you next time my name is chike my name is james bye bye